0: What are the answers
1: to some of life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you have chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must answer questions on The Form Show. Welcome to the Form Show. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360. What an amazing privilege it is to have these conversations each and every week with great joy in my heart. We get to go a little bit deeper, dive deeper into the conversations that matter most. That's what the Form Show is all about. Today, I have the privilege of having Dan Schufelt on the Form Show. We're going to have a conversation around foster care. Beautiful things that this listening audience can be doing right now to be able to engage, to be a hero, to be able to be a hand right now, to help with foster care right now in the Valley. So Dan Schufelt, president and CEO of Arizona Helping Hands, is a native of Rochester, New York. Arizona Helping Hands' mission is to provide essential needs to boys and girls in foster care. Love that. Dan brings his passion for helping others combined with business management and accounting skills to Arizona Helping Hands. He's married to his lovely bride, Cheryl. They have two daughters and three grandchildren and love the Arizona lifestyle. Dan, thanks so much for being my guest today.
0: Hello, Mark. Great to be here. Thanks.
1: Yeah, it's so good to have you here and really so good to have this conversation. I know here with Thought 1360, we have a huge heart for eradicating foster care and what can we do to really step in in the fray and to do all we can to be the helping hand. And that's really what you're all about, is making a difference, being a helping hand. That's the name of the nonprofit. So, Dan, as I spent some time just this week perusing the website, great website, by the way, and that's azhelpinghands.org, a couple things really jumped out to me. Some things really profoundly impacted my heart And the vernacular, need a hand, lend a hand, is the first thing that jumped kind of off the websites, and it's well done. And I thought a lot in my life, and I think about it almost every day because I wear it on my right wrist, this bracelet, FAMILY. And FAMILY stands for, it's an acronym, it stands for Forget About Me, I Love You. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of reminders that my whole life, it's not just about me, Mark Lucas, it's about helping other people. So... In this beautiful acronym of FAMILY, you have so many chock full kind of acronyms and things that really the listening audience can do to be able to help out. So what are some ways, as listeners right now are tuning into the form Show, what are some ways that listeners can lend a hand?
0: Yeah, there are amazing ways that listeners can lend a hand. So Arizona Helping Hands, we are the the place with the stuff for kids in foster care. We are we are a stuff provider. We provide beds and cribs and clothing and diapers and personal care packages and birthday packages and back to school products, you name it. If it's a material need, we're trying to fill it for these kids. Today in the state of Arizona, there's over 14,000 children in our foster care system. These kids have all been victimized. They've been victims of abuse and neglect. They're in a position that uh, no child should be in. Their life has been disrupted. The average child in foster care will experience three placements. So they're jumping from place to place without without that foundation, without that firm support. So uh, what people can do is lend their hand, to, to assist in our work. Uh, and that can be in multiple forms and fashions. You know, we all talk about gifts of time, talent, and treasure. Uh, we utilize volunteers extensively in our services. Unfortunately, in this day of coronavirus, uh, that's been, you know, knocked off the table. Um, so we're, as, as we speak, we are, you know, putting together plans to re-engage our volunteers in 2019. In normal days, we utilized 1,400 volunteers last year. We utilized almost 14,000 hours of volunteer time Uh, and, and you know these are folks who come into our facility and assist us with our programs um so from a from a time point of view, that's something that we need. From a talent point of view, you know, things like, uh, you know, drawing on the outside of birthday bags that we give to children, uh, you know, expressing a message of joy, uh, you know, using your talents to uh, send a message of hope and joy to children. That's a big deal. Can I stop you for a minute? Because yes. I love – there's so much already that I've written down. You should see my <laughs> notes. As
1: you've seen them. I write like chicken scratch. but when you when you just said the birthday piece just spend a moment sure. cuz i i knew i wanted to get to this spend a moment and again i can't draw but the experience of seeing these birthday parties the experience of drawing on this birthday bag share with the listeners what do you guys do and kind of yeah. Paint the landscape of what it's like for a foster kid to never really experience a birthday party, the majority of them, from what I've been told. So, kind of walk the listeners through that because I love that you guys do that. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, it is the, the coolest program that we do. You know, we do the, the, the gotta do's with the basic needs, but then the birthday program is a wanna do. It's something that we want to do for these children. So, you know, the, my, my favorite story of all time relating to our birthday program is I was introduced a few years ago to a young lady. Um, who was attending school and working at a hospital downtown in her early 20s? Uh, Laura was introduced to me. She came up for a tour of our facility and we walked around and shared. And when we got to the birthday program, Laura started breaking down. She said, Dan, I wasn't, I didn't know, I don't know if I was prepared to tell my story yet, but uh, you know, this has touched me and I'm going to share with you. She said, I was born to a Mexican national. In the United States, and shortly after my birth, my biological mom took me back across the border into Mexico and dropped me off at the orphanage. I never saw my biological mom again. I spent 14 years at that orphanage in in Mexico, and uh, on my—actually, it was on her 13th um, birthday—the nun in charge of the orphanage came to her and said, "Um, we found this paperwork that says that you were born in the U.S., so you young lady have rights that the other girls here don't have. So you need to make a decision. We can't make it for you. It's your decision at 13 years old, which scares the living daylights out of me to have somebody put in that predicament. But but she was asked, do you want to remain here at the orphanage or do you want to take a foster care placement in the United States? Laura's like, you know, I know life here at the orphanage. I'm I'm, you know, adventurous. I want more for my life. I'll take door number two. And she was placed with a foster home in the U.S., at that point in time, she didn't speak a word of English. So you can imagine the cultural barriers and, and going to a family that you don't know. You don't know the dynamics and you know the pieces just might not jive. And she's 13 now, correct? 13 years old, okay. right? So um, she jumped around uh, just like I, I just shared. Most kids are in three placements. Laura was in four. Uh, from the time she was 13 to 18. When she was 18, uh, she, she connected with a mentor who kind of steered her in the right direction. She's got her house in order right now. She's a beautiful young lady. She's going to be successful. She's a survivor. But what she shared with me was that when she turned 16 years old, her social worker and her caseworker chipped in a few bucks to buy her birthday cake. Mm. She said, Dan, that's the first time somebody celebrated my day. She said, in the orphanage, we'd have the August birthday party where everybody came together and said, yeah, you know, your birthday might be on the 25th. Well, we're having cake on the 2nd. Isn't that special? Um, You know, there's something missing there, especially when you take these children who have experienced such uh, horrific circumstances. We need to do better than that. So our birthday program was created to um, share that joy with children in foster care. So we uh, assemble personalized birthday packages for children, you know, age zero through 12. They consist of toys and games and books and puzzles. And our volunteers in a normal day would be gift wrapping those items and putting them into a white shopping bag that has, you know, markings on the outside of it saying happy birthday, you are special, you are loved. Um, and, And we share that message of hope with those kids from 13 to 18. You know, those are the group, that's the group that is typically written off and forgotten about. We don't want to forget about Laura's birthday or any child's birthday. So from 13 to 18, we we put in things that a teenager would want, like a gift card. Uh, you know, so a teenager wants that autonomy to be able to go make their own decisions and buy their own items. So a, a gift card, a book, a book is in every package that we give out. If we hear that somebody's into sports, we'll put in a basketball or a football from our supplies. So our, our our birthday program is fed by donations of items, by those – it's all new stuff. We don't want to be giving out the used puzzles that we have to count the pieces of, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. So um, uh, we build packages and, and provide those to children in foster care. In 2019, we provide over 3,600 birthday packages, over 10 birthdays a day mm. to children in foster care throughout the state of Arizona just to say, this is your day. We're going to celebrate you. Oh, there's so many moments in there that
1: I just had to write down and just had a big smile on my face. Because I think even for me, for my kids and I've got three kids, Dan, and you've got kiddos as well. You've got two daughters and three grandkids. But in this process, like for Mother's Day that we didn't have too long ago, I realized to myself and my kid said, Daddy, is it about mommy all day today? And I said, Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. the this is the day this is the day where it's about mommy for sure. And and jokingly, my wife and I said, you know what? It feels like every day is about you kids. And when you have this, it's hard for me to kind of have a paradigm shift in my mind so much. Right. But really, it's for the listeners right now with Dan in this conversation, president and CEO of Arizona Helping Hands, we've got to remind ourselves how fortunate we are. Totally. How much our kids have. And the joy, and this is what I told my kids, the joy in... Giving back to others, the joy in putting a smile on other people's faces. Like, I've seen some of these birthday parties and some of these gift bags that go out to these kids. And to think of the Laura story, I mean, she was 16 before she really experienced like a birthday cake for the first time. Like, right. that is asinine to think through that at 16, you're experiencing a birthday party for the first time. And yet, we have this beautiful opportunity. I'm going to say opportunity. To be able to help them, right? to be able to eradicate and change that, and to know that I wrote down 10 a day, 10 birthday parties a day, that's fantastic. And I love the stories that you shared, and you're chocked full of stories. So when we think through what is our part, there's so many things that I'm going to say right now as you listen into this show. Myself, I'm thinking about things we can be doing as a family. I can be doing individually. You just mentioned and kind of broke down time, talent, and treasure, and I wrote down 1,400 people to utilize right now. That looks different with COVID. 14,000 hours time-wise. What about treasure? I know we didn't really get much to that. What specifically can we do with treasure, our gifts and the things that we're good at passion-wise?
0: So, again, in this day of COVID-19, we're limiting the number of uh, in-kind items that we can accept in our warehouse to pass on. The only used item that we can ever accept in support of these children is gently used children's clothing. So we do provide clothing to families in foster care. You know, a lot of times kids are placed in foster care with nothing but the clothes on their back. So just to give them, you know, a couple extra pairs of shorts or underwear, socks, all those things are so important. And, uh you know... Taken for granted, as you said, by so many people. I want to step back for a second because you brought up a t- couple of topics. One is, uh, you know, family involvement and the other one is birthdays. I want to tie those two pieces together for you and talk about how, how people can help and Please have do. helped. So, uh, we have an, a number of families who have made the decision that when their kids have a birthday, They're going to extend that celebration of birthday into helping others and teach a lesson to their children. So I've got one particular family I can think of. I I think their two boys right now are seven and five. For the last three years, on each of those children's birthdays, they've asked for gifts from their friends, and they've also asked for monetary donations from, from folks, and the kids get to keep half of it. The other half is spent or is given to Arizona helping hands to help another child with a birthday. What a, what a really cool lesson that can be taught at such a young age, um, of, of the blessings that you have and how important it is to share those with others who aren't so fortunate. Um, I, I, I just love that, um, you know, that concept of kids pitching in to help other kids. Um, and it's an easy lesson to share. In addition to that, um, from a treasure point of view, uh, we are always in need of diapers and wipes. So you know it's so easy. You know in in our world we say that everybody can do something. It's so easy to help. Uh, that could be as simple as uh, picking up an extra package of diapers when you're at Walmart. Um, you know traditionally our biggest needs are in the smaller sizes. So the the you know the the ones and newborns and even preemies because we're helping kids who were just released from the neonatal intensive care unit. So suffering from heroin abuse, and, uh, you know, the, the holding these kids and feeling them tremor is just, um, it, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare when you think of what that little body is trying to fight off and what they've been exposed to. Um we just have to raise them up and help them a little bit here. So we provided 978 ki- cribs to infants in 2019. 978 children Fantastic. are sleeping on a crib only because of Arizona Helping Hands. And we all know how important uh child's uh, safe sleeping is. Uh, You know, there there are infants who uh, you know pass away just because they're they're in an unsafe environment. They're co sleeping. Uh, You know, all these other dynamics that come into play. That child needs to be sleeping in their own crib on their back. uh, And and yeah, we have to do better than this. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think. For me, as even a
1: neighborhood, we've been doing these, we call them community gatherings. So once a week we get together and my wife and I, we love people. And we're like freaking out right now because we're just not getting (laughs) as much human interaction with people. And even in social distancing, we just love people. So for about six weeks now, we've been doing these community gatherings For in our driveway. You bring your own lawn chairs. There is distance and people have their hand sanitizer and all that. But I just kind of really share just a community message, and we have a conversation. Well, this last week, we ended up talking about what does it look like for us right now to love your neighbor and to love the community nice. around us? Because right now is maybe the greatest opportunity to really be that hero, to help people right now. And I, When I write down 978 Cribs, when I write down the story of this family that has a 7-year-old and a 5-year-old and four of their birthdays— they really say, you know what, it's going to be a little bit about you, but it's also going to be a lot about these kids, these foster kids.
0: And those kids got a message from it. They, they, they felt the joy when they brought those, those toys into our facility. And, you know, of course, we, we lauded them for doing that. Um, uh, but, you know, the message
1: sinks in. It really does. And I think you're exactly right. And my kids and I, we talked about this in that community gathering, that there is always more joy in giving than receiving. Totally. And when you do give, you just get chalked full of joy. There's this happiness. I love to ask this question to like even random strangers that I meet for the first time. I'll say, what do you think the goal of life is? And they typically always respond with the word happiness. And I'll say happiness is a great word. Love that word. And I'll say, how do you cultivate it? They don't know how they cultivate it. And then I say, just share with me because we've all done great random acts of kindness to strangers or people that we just met or serving other organizations like Arizona Helping Hand. And I'll say, okay, share a story where you serve somebody else. And then I want you to share a story where it was really more about you and maybe it was a trip or a cruise or a great experience of a concert. And now quickly compare, if you could, how long the happiness lasted in both of the moments. And every single person, I've done this almost a thousand times, every single person says, it's tenfold. When I serve somebody else, With my time, my talent, my treasure, the happiness meter is exponentially more than just going and having a great steak or being on a cruise or experiencing the Bahamas. Yeah, you're happy for a short period of time, but once the sunburn fades or even sooner, you just really don't have a lot of happiness. So I think that transitions into the question where I wanted to go. How would you personally and also encourage Dan, the listener, to really – personally be a hero to others? Like I know I asked you before we came on, and you're so humble, you said, I don't know how I would share that. But what has it meant to you personally to be a hero to others? And then how would you encourage others right now and maybe some steps starting with the website probably, but steps they can take to really be a hero to other people, to these beautiful foster kids that are in the system right now.
0: Yeah, there are so many kids in need. And, you know, uh, again, you shared a little my bio, um, you know, business world for many years. But a a long time ago, uh, my business mentor, he's still a friend and a a business uh, partner in – another life, so to speak, but uh, he sat down his management team at the CPA firm one week and said, today we're not talking about taxes, we're not talking about billings, we're talking about what this firm is doing in our community. We're talking about the fact that every one of the people sitting around this table has a responsibility to give back and to help our community to raise it up. Uh, he said, yeah, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's animals or senior citizens or children in Africa. Find something that lights your fire and go get involved. And d- don't get involved. Put your name on you know, a, a resume saying that you volunteered somewhere. Get involved because it touched your heart and because it's something that's important to you. We need to support our community. We need to make a difference. Uh, it, it, it's so much more than the bottom line for any business, for any individual, uh, a, as you just uh, you know, relate so so perfectly. Uh, there, there's more to life, and, and we need to, to do something about it. So, you know, from everything from picking up that extra package of diapers to learning more about our organization, go onto our website at easyhelpinghands.org, go onto our social Social media feeds. You'll see amazing things on our social media feeds, stories that we share about about family interactions. And, um, it, you know, I, I would challenge you not to be moved, not to want to step up to help in some ways. You know, for me, it's all about there's, there's two different dynamics to two ends of the spectrum. One is those little kids, right? Holding that baby, feeling that baby tremble. The other one is I am a grandparent. I love my grandkids, you know, beyond words. And to meet a a grandparent or a great-grandparent who got a call saying, you're needed. Your grandkids, your great-grandkids need you. Um, And and to see those people change their life in a moment. To go from, you know, I had had a a 78-year-old gentleman uh, who who shared with me that last week he was playing golf. This week he's changing diapers. Um, He is now the 24-7 parent to his one-year-old great-grandson and his four-year-old great-granddaughter. It wasn't what he expected to be doing at that stage of his life. Yeah. His whole life has been up, up, turned upside down. But, he, you know, he, he said, you know, it, it's wearing me out physically. I don't know if I'm capable of this financially. I'm struggling through it all. But um, I'm going to make it happen because I love these kids. And whatever they need is what I'm going to do. So to see those heroes, as you referred to it, um, th- those folks who are there for those kids. I I, participate, I was invited to participate in um, an adoption ceremony pre-COVID <laughs> down at the courthouse by a family, an amazing family, that has fostered 40 children. This adoption ceremony I went to was for a sibling group. They were numbers 11 and 12 uh, that this family has adopted. And um, even in the days of COVID-19, I got a call from this this foster dad the other day saying that uh, Baba, the the, the three-year-old, asked when he could go see Mr. Dan. Um, you know, and that's what lights my fire, right? Um, it, it, it's knowing that uh, there is an impact, that the work that we do is important, that giving Bubba his own big boy bed to sleep on and making sure that he's got, you know, some educational toys and supplies and things that will help him grow and, and nurture him. Uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I love that. I got a quick story. I don't know. Have you ever heard the starfish story? Yes.
1: So I was told this story probably 20 years ago, and if the listeners haven't heard it, and if you have, you're going to hear it again. Uh, It's a beautiful story that just reminds us that we all have opportunities to really make a difference. And here's the story. Uh, A boy who's eight years old, every single Sunday he goes to the beach with his father. And he's on the beach with his dad, and he does the same thing every single week when he's there. He gets his pails, and he gets his shovels, and he goes down to the water to be able to get the water and to be able to get the sand to make sandcastles. And his dad sits down and reads the Sunday paper. Well, this morning is uniquely different. When he runs down to the beach to get the water, he realizes that starfish overnight have all spawned, and they've come up high on the sand, and they're having a hard time making it back into the sea. So he looks around frantically and realizes these starfish are starting to dry up and die. Well, quickly, he goes into action, and he picks up one starfish at a time and runs it back into the sea. Well, he does this a few different times, and there's a jogger who he's never met who's running towards him. And the jogger stops in his track, looks down at the little boy and says, Son, what are you doing? And the boy is holding a starfish in his hand, and he says, Don't you know that I'm saving all these starfish? And and the boy looks up. And he has these big blue eyes and the jogger responds and says, there's no way that you're really going to make a difference. Do you see there's thousands and thousands of starfish upon the beach? And the boy looks up and says, I know that I'll make a difference to this one. And he brings it to the water. The reality is, is that we all have an opportunity to make a difference for that one. And I think about the numbers, 2,582 beds, 978 cribs, 3,596 birthdays, 860 families helped with home safety items to encourage new foster families, 6,500 backpacks to help kids go back to school. Go on the website. Know that we all have an opportunity to make a difference. The website, again, Dan, thanks so much for being my guest. The website is this azhelpinghands.org. Thanks so much for being the guest. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for the story with Bubba and that Bubba just really desired to see you and to know that we have this beautiful, timely opportunity right now in the midst of COVID to say, Lord, what can I do? How can I help? How can I go serve? How can I make a difference? I'm holding a starfish and I want to make a difference today. Thanks so much. Have an amazing week. We'll see you soon. Take care.